get rid of this. Oh, I'm sure Austin didn't care if I left out. Yeah, he had a birthday. So you can say happy birthday. Well, it was on Friday. How is everybody? You're glad you're here. You're glad you're enjoy, enjoying life. Um, First Corinthians chapter 2, we're taking a little a trip into that uh, chapter 2 today. We were on the Psalms a couple, three Sundays. I really feel like uh, there's so many things that can distract us in this life right now. It's, uh, there always is, but there's always more as you see the world heating up and things happening and that's happening around in Ukraine, that's happening around uh, rumors and wars and rumors. Uh, um, we are enjoying our uh, Wednesday night study. For, uh, last week we were dealing with Matthew 24, some other verses and other parts of the gospel as well. Dealing with the second coming, don't confuse that with the rapture. Uh, second coming is when Jesus actually comes to the earth. The rapture is the catching away of the church when we, uh, we will uh, yeah. <laughs> but until then we walk we walk with Jesus now we walk by faith you see Paul had it in his heart whatever happens God I, I win right if you want to take me if you take me if I die it's a gain but to stay here meant more ministry meant more people more people being reached and that's really the heart of God isn't it and so sometimes we want to just want him to come quickly to get, get out of here, right? But there's so many yet that need to know Jesus, right? And so what is our focus as a church? What needs to be our mindset? So we're going to call this message the mind of Christ. How many want the mind of Christ? Absolutely. What is the mind of Christ? Well, we'll talk about it a little bit. Is being Christ-minded, being like Christ in, in the way he operated, in the way he operates yet. Having the mind of Christ is knowing what he's saying to you and I and then following and doing the mind of Christ. Having the wisdom that comes from above, not, not just earthly wisdom. There are all kinds of, of smart people in our world, right? There are all kinds of people that are good at things, that can put things together, and it can, it can have amazing things, amazing you can be amazed, but what is the Lord saying to, our, to us as a church? And so Paul emphasizes what he is, what it's all about for his ministry, what, what God had called Paul out of, a, out of a, up a direction that he was going in the wrong way. He was going on, down a one way the wrong way. Kind of like I did when I went to look for the college, starting out in my youth not knowing how to drive in the city of Minneapolis. Didn't figure that out till oh yeah, there's one way. Well, I guess you gotta go down another block and I just, you know, whatever. And so the scripture reads like this, and when I came to you, this is chapter two, first Corinthians, when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. 
For I determined to, to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You see, when people are confronted with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he was crucified on the cross, there is going to be a need for a decision to be made. Right? Once a person hears that Jesus died for their sins and rose again on their behalf, so that they could be forgiven, that you and I could be saved from our sin, there's a decision that we have to make. Either say yes, I don't know, Lord. Oh, maybe someday, right? There's this confrontation. Let me just say that the gospel still is confronting people today. And it needs to. People need to hear that there is only one way to heaven in a world that is saying there are numerous ways, right? How do we know that? Because in the book of Acts, we read the verse, there's no other name. No other name by which we are saved except Jesus. Aren't you glad you found him? Aren't you glad he found you? And that you made that decision. And if you have not made that decision, you can make that decision to follow him. So Paul was determined. Well, there were a lot of things that could distract Paul, right? There, he was not, you know, when he says, I, I didn't, you know, I just preached Christ. He was able to talk with the best. He was able to stand. He was a well-learned man. But he did not bank on that, what he knew. He banked, he chose to go with the power of the message of Jesus. I preach, I preach Christ and him crucified. People got upset when Paul preached Christ and him crucified because they may have been in the crowd where they were when they nailed him to the cross. Right? And so... Power evangelism, power evangelism was typical in the early church. What do you mean by that? Power evangelism. Well, it's banked right along, uh, stems from the verse from Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, and it says, these signs will follow those who have believed. These signs, well, what are the signs? In my name they will cast out dem demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. and They will recover. There was this sense of expectancy when the people gathered in the early church. And I believe it. we need, we need it today. The expectancy that we're going to meet. We can pray together. We can pray one for another. We can call on the Lord. As, as, a, as a group of people, we can expect God to move in our, our, our settings, whether it's two or three. Yes. Not that, that we just want to see signs. We just want what God has for us. My pastor used to say, who I grew up under, we, 
uh, some, so many folks live without the privilege that they have. So many folks are living without the privilege of having the power of the Holy Spirit living in their lives. And we try to do it in our own strength, right? How many know we don't get too far when you try to do it in your own strength? You can go for a little bit, maybe go for a ways, but you begin to fall short. And so Paul is saying, I came, I was with you in weakness, verse 3. I was with you in weakness. What does he mean? I was with you in weakness. He says this and goes on in fear and in much trembling. In other words, he understood that he was not able to speak the way he ought to speak unless the power of the Holy Spirit spoke through him. And he began to speak and began to drive home the message, began to get through to people. See, I believe with all my heart that it is the conviction of the Holy Spirit that changes people's lives. It's not the wisdom of man. It's not the, the oratory. It's not the flowery. It's the nudging of the Holy Spirit. People don't even have to understand hardly all they need to under really. What I'm saying is we really don't have to understand all of it. We just need to understand we need Jesus. We start with that. And we don't want to stay there. We want to grow in the things of God. But Paul is saying, I preach Christ. If we miss that, we missed it. Right? Christ is the foundation. Churches need to preach Christ. People of God need to, how do you preach Christ? You demonstrate it, number one, by your lifestyle. And then if you get opportunity, you share your testimony. No one can deny your personal testimony and say, well, you're just making that up. Huh? Come on. Really? You just share your personal testimony. And I was this little boy, I came to Christ. Because I knew I, I was lost. It was this drawing and accepting Jesus. I remember the night, it was just a... I went outside the church, it was an evening service, and I looked up at the stars as we were driving home. And I said, I know I'm ready to meet Jesus. It was this... Peace. This was the sense that Jesus lived in my heart. And so let me say, this, this, this idea of preach Christ, we're not trying to beat people up with them. We're just trying to live it out and demonstrate it. And what really gets people's attention is when God does something extraordinary. Why? Why did he need to do miracles? Because the unbelievers were looking on. And that got their attention. When they saw a blind man beginning to see again, when they saw a lame man who had laid at the temple gate day after day, is this the same man? As he was running and leaping and praising the Lord. When Peter 
and the other disciple was a John. They, they didn't have money. Money doesn't fix everything. Right? Oh, it may help, but it won't fix the heart. It won't fix the inner problem. Jesus fixes. Amen? Jesus makes us what we ought to be. So point one is Paul preached Christ. The gospel is the only hope to change the heart of man. In fact, the gospel is the only hope for our land today. The gospel is the only hope to ever have peace in our land and in our world. So now, it's even so important as we were reminded on Wednesday in Matthew, Matthew chapter 24, verse 40, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a witness to all the nations, and then the end shall come. Right? So how important it is to preach the God. God wants people to have a chance to hear so they can make a decision. So they can, when, you know, when it comes to judgment, I never had a chance. Well, God is working to reach people of all nations. You might hear, God is not willing that any should perish. Well, let me, I wrote something down in my notes. I thought, you know, how do we, how do we preach Christ when we're talking to other folks in our community who have other denominations? And I'm not going to get into denominational differences. My, my, uh, my thinking is this. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's emphasize the walk with Jesus that we can have. And if your church does it differently, every church has its things. But if Jesus is, is not in the church, then we're missing it. And if Jesus is not lifted up in our ministries, then we're missing it. Nobody would say amen. What of all we become then is a, more or less a social club. You see, it's not that it's bad to, to meet, but if it comes to the church that God designed that he is building, then his name needs to be lifted up. And there needs to be an opportunity for people to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so denominational differences will always be. That will always be. But let's emphasize, let's not get tangled up. Let's not get angry trying to prove our stuff. Let's just talk about Jesus and try to work with people from where they're at. Try to work with, try to build a bridge, try to love on them. Try to somehow shine the light of Jesus. And I wrote this down, churches don't save. Jesus saves. Church's membership, the church is a whole different subject. May be important, but that won't get you to heaven. Man, come on. Come on. You know it. And it's a good thing to know it. It's a good thing that you could know if you you've made reservations. You made reservations. That it's taken care of. That doesn't mean we're perfect. That doesn't mean we do not sin anymore. That's not, no, 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 no. 
It simply means that we now have the Holy Spirit. Jesus is living in us through the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I walk. I ought to walk accordingly. Right? What would Jesus do in your situation right now? What would Jesus say to folks in your situation? So Paul preached Christ. He was not ashamed of the gospel, as he wrote in Romans. He wasn't ashamed of it. Right? What do we have to be ashamed of? Probably what we need to be ashamed of is that we do not. Right? Preach Christ. And so I think there's ways God helps us to be wise. Wise. Proverbs somewhere says, you win souls is wise. Right? How many know you need God's wisdom to win some folks? Right? You can't just, people are, you know, a lot of folks that have excuses why they don't go to church or why they don't want to do anything, you know, they've been hurt or they've been turned off or they've been trying, they've tried to be ramrod through. They've been trying, you know, they, they, all they'll say, well, they're hypocrites. You know, you've heard it all, right? You know what? Let's bring up our standard. Don't look at people. Well, we ought to be ashamed if we, there is those cases. There are hypocrites. There are hypocrites. There always will be. But let's not look at hypocrites. Look, look at Jesus. <sighs> I like how Vern said last week, you know, Jesus wasn't very nice to the Pharisees. He kind of told them some pretty, pretty, pretty nasty names. Well, he named, named them for who they were. You know what Jesus doesn't like is the spirit of religion without him. You know what turns off dawn is when our lips are uttering things and our hearts are far from him. That's what Isaiah says. These people, he was, Isaiah was, was talking about a nation of Israel. They have, they, their hearts are away from me. We got to be careful, don't we? We have to search our hearts. Paul said somewhere in his letter to Corinth, examine your heart to see that you're in the faith. It's a good thing to keep ourselves in the right path. So preach the gospel, preach Christ. Talk about Jesus. Uh, may it become something that's natural, kind of just, it's a part of you. It's not something canned. It's not something basically, you know, you, you, it's okay to have verses memorized. It's all good. But may it come out of your mouth and your, your lifestyle. Secondly, we're, we're in desperate need of the help of the Holy Spirit, which we're so blessed to know that Jesus uh, promised to give to us as he left this earth. He promised his disciples, as to your advantage that I go away, the Holy Spirit is going to help you remember things that I have told you. He's going to help you understand things. He's going to empower you. Don't you dare go out into the streets of Jerusalem and on beyond there without waiting for the Holy Spirit. Remember those Acts, verses in Acts, in the early part of Acts. Anybody, 
You read 1 John 2, verse 27, and as for you, the anointing which you receive from abides in you. You have no need for anyone to teach him. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why do we have teachers then? He's not saying we don't need teachers. He's just saying, in addition to teachers, we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The fact of the matter is, teachers need the anointing. And they have the anointing by the power of God. They pray and seek God. And everyone will teach somehow. Come on. Everyone will teach somehow. Everyone becomes an example. Well, look at this verse again. Put it back up there for a minute. But as his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie and just as has taught you, you abide in him. So here's the key. In order to have the anointing, you must abide in him. And that's the whole fruit, the vine thing. Now we're, now we're drawing from the true vine, Jesus. Oh. How many of you ever read a verse where you thought, what in the world is he talking about? And you read it again. And you read it again. And then you say, I'm going to ask my pastor what this means. And he goes, well, I'm going to ask Vern what this means. I'm going to ask Cal what this means. You see, what is that all about? What it is comes to, we will not know everything yet. Hello? We, we don't have the whole picture, right? And why don't we just be willing to say, I'm praying about it. I'm talking to God about that. I haven't heard yet and admit it. Or why don't we just say something like this? This is my thingy thinking, but I could be wrong. What does that mean? That means that we're not, we're not saying we always get it right. We're saying let's get the basics right. And let, let, let's lean on the Lord to fill it in, to bring us to understanding. And I'm convinced that there are verses that we can read over and over again that will fit our situation on that day and that year and over here this several years later, the same verses that you read for that year and that day are fitting you for that, this day and now. How does that work? Because God is able to reach all peoples every nation, to get through to people everywhere. As he understands all languages, and he knows every heart. And those who will choose to open themselves up to the Lord. We live in a spiritual world. We know that. There are a lot of spirits in the world. 
There are a lot of evil spirits in the world. There are a lot of spirits that come out of the pit of hell, but there is only one Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Trinity, the third person who is in tri-unity, so together, didn't have the mind of Christ, is the help of the Holy, with the help of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is going to reveal the mind of Christ. Does that make sense? So when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you ask God, and I would say, pray sometime. If you're, not, if you're struggling with the poison of Scripture, ask God the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to you. That's a good prayer. Help me to see what, what you're saying. And I have learned more from Scripture versus light on this Scripture. This Scripture throws light on this Scripture. And take the whole scripture and try to read the verses that are before and after, which is called context. Right? And so maybe verse 9, I have been getting it wrong. It may, it may be a reference to heaven, but as I read this the other day, things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, this is a quote out of Isaiah and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those ethics. Well, that sure sounds like heaven. That sure sounds like the things that we're going to enter into that have not yet, we've never seen, and we know that there are colors and probably smells and probably all kinds of things we've never seen before. Right? Well, what if Paul was using that verse to help the folks understand that this gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ was foreign to them. They never heard, these are people that are just learning. These are people that are just saved out of Corinth, a cesspool of sin. And God has raised up a church. You see, I read, I only read verse 9, and that was quoted out of Isaiah 64. But look at the verses. Verse 6, I'm going to back up yet. We do speak wisdom. What Paul just said, I preach Christ and him crucified. That's, that's it. What he's meaning, that's the main thing. But we also speak wisdom among those who are mature. There are people that are very intelligent and that are looking for more. They want to go deeper. What Paul is saying, with the help of the Lord, with the help of the Holy Spirit, however, not of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are passing away. See, all these rulers, all of these things that we hear, we think, Things that we never heard about are going to pass away in this earth. This earth is passing away. It's, it's, it's okay to live here. God has placed us here. We do the best while we're here. Oh, it's passing away because of sin. But God will, as he said, will create a new heaven and earth. He wanted, I don't know how he's going to do it. 
He speaks things into existence. And he's going to change things up. He's going to recalibrate the earth. I believe he wants to bring it back to where he wanted it in the first place. Amen? Without sin. We have a lot of things to look forward to when you stick with God. We have a lot of, we're going to live forever. Now, just be prepared that the things you may have right now as a question, you may already know the answer when you get to heaven. It may just be there. It just so happens that God is creating you, getting you ready for his heaven. Oh, my goodness. So he says, in another place, in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, I'm skipping through his letters. I like to read letters, books, sometimes look at the back and find out what happened. That's bad. But chapter 13, Paul had been dealing with love and the gifts, and he said, you know, if you if you get all the gifts and you can prophesy, you can, you know, you got all this and that. If you don't have the love of God in your heart, you're missing. You're a, you're you're annoying. That's what he said. You're a clanging symbol. And then it says in verse uh, 12, for now we see the mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then, now I know in part. But then I shall know fully. Now I know in part, but then I shall know. Here's the deal. My mirror this morning was my car. When I come here early, I didn't heat it up, okay? Oh, there's a hole that big I can see. I drove her right from here, three, four miles away. Just I got a little worried. I seen a car, and then I couldn't see much at all. So I pulled over a little bit. Waited till they passed. I guess that's just a great illustration. So that's the mirror you're looking at right now. That's the that's the world. You that's the life. You that's eternal. We only see. We only see the peaks. We, we don't know everything in between in the, in the mountain ranges. Unless you fly over with an airplane, you don't see, the, you don't see the, the dips. You don't see the little lakes, the little rivers. And oh my goodness, God is looking down at you and he's seeing you going through your life and he's saying, oh no. Oh, oh yes. Okay, they're looking to me. Yes, 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 yes. Oh boy. I hope. Oh, oh, oh. Send your angels now. You know, there's this help. You know, God is who He is. And He lets us live with a will. Right? Making up our own decisions. But His heart is that. He would come to know that we would come to know his will. And that we would want his will more than our will. Not my will, but thy will. That's the heart, that's the mind of Christ. 
Unless sometimes we allow, sometimes we need to be broken so that we can come back to where we need to be. Understanding with the help of the Holy Spirit, that is. We all get to heaven. We sang it. What a day of rejoicing. What is Paul saying? In verse 10, to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. What is he saying? God has revealed this truth to us by the Spirit. This is something I didn't get from my own thinking. This came by the help of the Holy Spirit. This was, I was but like a vessel in the hand of God, an instrument, and he penned down these words by the power of the Holy Spirit. This whole word is inspired by God. All of it, every word inspired by God. Understanding. And here's the deal. I can't change people. I can't fix their hearts. So, therefore, I need to point them to Jesus. And they find Jesus they can get on the right track and they can begin their journey of getting and becoming what God has called them to become. That's really the bottom line. What are you calling me to do? What are you calling me to be? What are you, what is, sometimes doors shut, right? And then there's the waiting time, the testing time. Now what? Now what? What's the next step? What's the next stage? It's okay to just say to people, I'm waiting on God. At the same time, you may be doing other things, doing what you can now. But what I believe if God closes one door, he will be in time, will be another door open. And that is while we live. Nothing is for sure here. But if the storm comes, as Paul said, he had the Spirit of God, just take it easy, guy. Don't throw everything out of the boat. God told me, oh boy, he stepped out on him. God told me we're not going to perish, right? That was huge. But Paul understood the voice of God, and so there, therefore it was. They were able to be able to. The ship got busted up, but their lives were spared. Another story in the book of Acts. So thirdly, how can we have the mind of Christ and spend time with him? You know, it's interesting how married couples, how many got here? Who's married more than 50 years? 60 years, 70, not that much. But you know, a couple have been married a long time. It's almost like an inevitable. You think you start to learn. You think you read each other's minds. You just think you do, right? And maybe you actually do. At times, you hit it. I know what you're thinking. I know the way you look. I know what. And so I'll try to put words in their mouth before they... Oh, that's a bad thing. 
Don't ever put words in your spouse's. No, 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 no. You're assuming them. But it isn't interesting how we have spent time together. It's been been proven. It's actually been. Look at this couple. They almost look look, look alike. They look alike. Right? And Pastor Patrick's wife got up last Sunday, and Vernon, he he caught it. He said, you're starting to sound like Irish. You're picking up the accents. Do we start to sound like Jesus as we spend time with him? That's a good thing. If we seek his, his, uh, read his word and his, his, how he lived his life on the earth, we ought to say, this is how we are to be. A servant. How can we have the mind of Christ? Romans 13, 14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What's that all about? Let's put your faith on the, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your faith in what? What he has done for you on the cross. I preach Christ and him crucified, as Paul said. James said it this way. If you have, lack wisdom, how many of you are sometimes stumped over things and you lack wisdom? He says, ask God who gives to it generously. Thirdly, how can we have the mind of Christ? Let us not consider how to... Let us... Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Let us consider how to stimulate. One version says provoke, spur one another on, stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking, not forsaking, oh, not forsaking or assembling together. What is that all about? Because I need someone who I can bounce things off of, pray about together. Ironing, sharpening iron. Assembling together was not just a, not just for the food. It was not just for the, you know, not being alone. It was about intentional worship that happened. Fellowship, true fellowship is only true when it's guided by the help of the Holy Spirit. Two or three are gathered in your midst. He will be in our midst. So it really gets good when the Holy Spirit's bringing questions or bringing Thoughts to us as we're in a small group. That's why we love to go out to eat after church. It's people. It's just the it's the next meeting. Right? It's like we just need to have eyeball to eyeball. We just need to know you're doing okay. Catch up with people. Connect. The mind of Christ comes through God's orchestration of his church, the people, not saying the buildings. Building's okay. We've got a place to meet. It's you, the believers. 
And so we will gather together in his name. May we have the mind of Christ. May we have something that Paul had said, one has a song, one has a word, someone has a testimony, someone, you know, it was looking forward to what God was talking to you about. 